Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We are continuing our conversation with uh, Jill Higgins and Megan Cordero, uh, this wonderful new devotional book written especially for the Thanksgiving season of life called Grateful for God, A through Z, 26 Days of God's Character. And uh, she just takes a word with each letter of the alphabet. Yesterday, we looked at the letter A, author and uh jill shared that devotion there's a wonderful scripture and then one of the nice bonuses with this devotional book is that she also includes a song that goes alongside the theme for that letter of the alphabet and god's character and uh there's been some new songs that uh, in all honesty i wasn't familiar with that are really really good songs to worship god with so i know you'll be encouraged by that but we want to continue looking at uh, this wonderful book and uh megan cordero helped her uh, with this book and um, I met Jill and Megan when I was blessed to go to Israel last year and uh, we had a group of 34 and um, they were relatives related to uh, Natalie Domenico who put our wonderful trip together and they uh, Megan and Jill actually live in beautiful Great Falls Montana and that was what was so great uh, about our trip that we had people from washington state and out west on top of people in kentucky and ohio and just a wonderful wonderful trip but uh megan i know that uh jill just you know talks a lot about how you help so much with the illustrations and just the book coming together uh talk to us about your thoughts about this book and what you think god's uh, gonna do with it yeah i'm super excited about it uh jill and i have known each other for about five years and have been um just really partnering in the kingdom for the last three, three and a half years. And part of that journey is just like really discovering who God says he is and his word and trusting him and walking in obedience with his spirit. And so even from the beginning when she wrote the devotionals, it was just such a um, inspiration to see her trusting the spirit and hearing the wisdom that he gave her. And um, it's been really cool to partner with her and, having the, the words she wrote be seen visually and encourage her as she's trying to figure out the words for the day or even just seeing what the Holy Spirit is revealing to me and verbalizing it to her as an encouragement. It's been it's been exciting to partner with it. Well, you guys did a great job with this. And yesterday we shared the letter A author. Uh, today we're going to start with uh, the devotion she wrote for the letter D, Door and Uh, I love how there's scriptures at the beginning of each of these devotionals. And for uh, day four, the letter D, Dora, started with John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Megan, if you will, share the uh, devotional part of it. So Jill writes, In the Gospel of John, Jesus makes seven I am statements. The third one is in our verse above, I am the door. In this one verse, Jesus makes three bold proclamations. First, this man who many believed was just a prophet stated, I am. 
the name God called himself to Moses. Jesus states, I am God. Second, Jesus uses the word the. He is emphasizing that he is the door, not a door. The world tells us there are multiple ways to get to heaven or euphoria. They say to, quote, just be a good person, just be spiritual, or there are different gods for different purposes, unquote. Jesus says that there is only one way, and it is him. Then he states that he is the door. A door gives us access to and from something. In this case, Jesus is saying, I am the only access to God the Father. He follows this up a few chapters later when he says that he is the way. Jesus is the only way to God and heaven. In Revelation, we see Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He is the door. If he is the door, which door is he knocking on? He stands and knocks on the door of our hearts. He is the only door to God, but once we get in at salvation, he needs to transform our hearts to be like his, and he works to heal and sanctify us. We read in Proverbs that everything flows from the heart. Our heart is the house of all our sins and bondages. Jesus is saying, if you let me in, I can give you healing, forgiveness, freedom from addiction, surrender, faith, trust, and so much more, such as love, peace, kindness, patience, and self-control. When we open the door to our heart and allow him to enter, transformation happens. We are restored, renewed, and released from bondage. That is something to celebrate. Will you open your door and welcome him in as he did for you? I am grateful that Jesus is the door. He doesn't complicate it. His way is simple. Love me, love others. Welcome, Jesus. Come in and have a seat. Make yourself at home. Be the change in me. We have eternity to get to know each other. With recommended worship by Casting Crowns, the change in me. Uh, such good stuff. And maybe you're listening today and if you're honest, uh, maybe you've never opened that door or maybe you did uh, several years ago and you just happened to be scanning the radio and it just came up on 99.1 FM and you're like, wow, um, I, I don't know Jesus. Uh, so you, it's no accident that you're hearing this or maybe you just kind of wandered off from the faith. You accepted Jesus as a child, but if you're honest, you've kind of closed that door and uh, it's just uh, something you know you need to open the door again. And um, I know that God is speaking to you today and uh, know that uh, that song also, uh, The Change in Me by Casting Crowns, one of my favorite uh, groups. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to check that out. But uh, we were looking at a wonderful new devotion book called Grateful for God, A through Z, 26 Days of His Character. That was Megan Cordero, who helped with the illustrations and assisted uh, Jill Higgins with putting this wonderful book together. Uh, and Jill is, uh, Higgins is also uh, going to be with us now, the author. And Jill, uh, we're going to look at the letter G and uh, Gracious God. And so can you, uh, as we look at the, the Gracious God part, uh, it's one of those things that I'm so thankful for God's grace. And uh, you share some wonderful scriptures there at the beginning of this one. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that it is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, and then Romans 11 and 6. If, and if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were grace, we would no longer be grace. And then Hebrews four sixteen, 16, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and 
and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jill, if you'll share with us uh, the devotion from the letter G, Gracious God. You may be surprised to know I am horrible with vocabulary. I don't know the definition of many words. Often when I write or talk, a word will pop in my head, but I don't know what it means. If I'm writing, I look up the definition to make sure it's the right word for what I am trying to convey. Many churchy words are like that. I grew up in church and heard many words I did not fully grasp the meaning of. Grace was one of these words. If you look up the word grace in the dictionary, you'll find six or seven meanings. The biblical meaning is buried toward the end. There is only one definition that matters, and that's God's definition. In short, God's grace means he gives us what we don't deserve, and he gives it to us freely. He gives us love, mercy, and forgiveness of sins over and over, regardless of how many times we stumble into sin. He freely gives us undeserved grace time and time again. We don't earn it in any way. We just receive this great gift with gratitude. Is it too good to be true? To the world it is, but to Christians, it is what makes our God so much more great, so much greater than the others. I have a hard time receiving a gift. I feel like I have to return the favor or do something to earn it. Consequently, receiving God's grace is a challenge for me. I'm constantly trying to find ways to earn his grace through my performance or work. I find myself spending more time reading the Bible, praying, or listening to worship songs. Although although I enjoy spending most of my time alone, sometimes I find myself trying to earn grace by serving others. Don't misunderstand me. None of these things are bad, and we are instructed to do them. But it comes down to the motive of the heart. God's been exposing pride in my heart. He has shown me that even in the areas where I think I'm doing the right thing, my motives are often fueled by pride. Pride tells me I can win God's favor by doing all these things. Grace tells me I can't. I am grateful that I serve a gracious God because of who I am. I don't deserve his love, forgiveness, mercy, or anything else from him. But because of his great love for me, I am learning to receive his gift of grace. And the recommended worship is Grace by Laura, Laura Story. Let's go to the letter I, intimate. Megan, if you can uh, share this one, please. So Jill writes, A combination of living in a sexualized culture and a childhood influenced by unhealthy touching skewed my understanding of intimacy. I believed I had to avoid all types and all levels and types of intimacy, except maybe between a husband and a wife, since intimacy and sex went hand in hand. That affected many areas of my life, including how affectionate I was to those close to me and how I loved them. As a child, sometimes what should have been healthy touching led to the unhealthy kind. Therefore, all touching was off limits, including hugging, hand-holding, and massages. What I've recently learned is that intimacy among friends and family is a gift from God because God is a gift uh, is a God of intimacy. When I recommitted my life to Christ, I prayed regularly for a spiritual friend. Faithfully, I prayed, begged, and pleaded with God for someone who would mentor me spiritually. Year after year passed, and finally, after six years, he gave me my best friend, Megan. To say God's ways and timing are perfect is a complete and utter understatement. I've been blessed beyond measure with the gift of friendship Megan and I share because God did not just give me a spiritual mentor. He gave me a sister in Christ, a partner for his kingdom, and a friend I'll die for without question. 
Nevertheless, our relationship did not come without trials and was forged through a lot of fires. From the beginning, we established our relationship on Christ. I was seeking a spiritual friend and nothing else, but God had other plans. This friendship would ultimately be built on the foundation of Christ with bricks of trust bound together by the mortar of intimacy. Love, grace, affection, patience, and truth decorate our walls. Looking always to the example of Christ, Megan taught me to trust her on many levels. We worked on trust and communication, trust and emotional vulnerability, trust in our touch, trust in our thoughts, and trust in fun activities, to name a few. Sadly, the bricks of trust were unstable, often falling out of place. Something needed to hold the bricks in place, and that something was intimacy. When I reflect on my relationship with Christ, I see the same house being built. The closer Megan and I became, became in our relationship, the more in love and intimate I became with Christ and He with me. I know this is currently backwards since my relationship with Christ should be the blueprint of all my other relationships. It is something we continue to work on. Nonetheless, my relationship with God has become more intimate in the way Megan and I communicate with each other. We're more intimate in the way we touch, not sexual in any way, but with love and affection through music, prayer, and God's Word. We're intimate in the way we think, feel, and act toward each other, and we're more intimate in the fun activities we share. Once intimacy became a part of our relationship, a fire within me began to burn. It is simultaneously painful and exhilarating as I long for more and more of it. Nothing quenches the thirst that comes from a relationship where trust and intimacy are structurally sound. I am so grateful for an intimate God. It is a beautiful thing to be in a relationship where intimacy binds us together. Recommended worship is As the Deer by Shane and Shane and the Worship Initiative and Psalm 90 by Shane and Shane. Powerful, powerful stuff there. Unfortunately, you're out of time. But I want to encourage you to get a copy of this wonderful book, Grateful for God, A through Z, 26 Days of God's Character by Jill Higgins. Thanks for listening. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Feeling a little blue this holiday season? Struggling with depression or anxiety? Feeling a little hopeless? Join Greg Horn, Stacy McDonald, and other mental health advocates in Lexington on Saturday, December 2nd for the State of Mind, Gospel of Mental Health Conference as they share on how you can go from hopeless to hopeful. To register and find out more information, go online at thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's thegospelofmentalhealth.org.